everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Library Girl and Book Boy podcast. Now if any of you happen to be fortunate enough to follow me on Twitter, you will know that not only do I love funny books, but I also like to champion the fact that many funny books, as well as being hilarious, also can deal with some quite difficult or challenging issues. Um, Being funny and having serious content are not mutually exclusive, which is why I'm delighted this evening that I've got to talk to the author and illustrator of the brilliant Charlie Changes Into a Chicken, which is indeed laugh out loud hilarious and does also deal with some serious issues surrounding anxiety and illness. I hope you enjoy. Um, So today I have the author and the illustrator of the very funny Charlie Changes Into a Chicken, which is written by Sam Copeland and illustrated by Sarah Hall, published by the lovely people over at Penguin Books. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Uh, It's a pleasure. Thank Thank you for having us. Thank you. Excellent. So shall we get started by just hearing a bit about what the book's actually about? Yes, it's about a young boy who, whenever he is stressed or anxious, um, changes into lots of different animals and he gets up to all sorts of fun and adventures. And along the journey, he learns about um, he learns about controlling his anxiety uh, and or dealing with it, should I say? Um, but the, it's not all about that. There's lots of well, there's lots of poo and wee, to be honest. <laughs> yes, we'll come to that later, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for sure. Brilliant, thank you. Um, so, what I um, I was reading this on train on the way to an event I was going to, and I liked the way it made me chuckle that the beginning of the book is very much not dissing Sarah's illustration as not perhaps being what Charlie looks like, but you start by saying. <laughs> This is what he might look like, but he might not. It's up to you. And you talk very directly um, to the reader of the book. Um, Sam, if you could just start by telling us um, why you decided to talk directly to the reader as you do throughout the book. And then, Sarah, tell us a little bit about your um, inspiration for your illustration of Charlie McGuffin, if you would, please. So, um, Sam, talking to the reader directly at the beginning of the book, why did you make that choice and then continue doing it as you as you went through? Do you know what? It wasn't a um, it wasn't an active decision I made. I suppose um, people are always wondering about voice. And that was just the voice that I stumbled upon, that this narrator. And that was the, the first thing which which allowed me into the book itself. Um, I suddenly I was sat there writing um, or started writing and, and, and there was the voice. So it wasn't really an, a, a choice I made to talk to the writer, to the reader. It's just what happened. Just happened naturally. It's a really good way of connecting, I think, directly with the reader, isn't it? I think it really does draw you into the story to feel like you're part of what's going on. Um, yeah, and I, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, 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 I really amused myself that I'm able to sort of uh, tick off 
the readers and uh, have arguments with um, the publishers. And I am happy to reveal that in late in in a, in a later book, I'll be having a big argument with the illustrator as well. <laughs> oh, oh no! Yeah, it's doozy, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You shouldn't, you shouldn't yeah. pick fight with your illustrator because no. knows no. what they draw. I know. Yeah. I know. There's a lot of power, a lot of power in there in your drawings. <laughs> you <know. laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So Sarah, talking of the illustrations, one of the first things that we see and that the narrator of the book comments on is your vision of Charlie McGuffin, the main character. And we're told it may or may not be what Charlie looks like. It's up to you to imagine him in your head. So where did your um, version of Charlie come from? Well, um, Sam's dead right. You know, it is. It's just you know, it's very, very personal on how, how, how you respond to the text, isn't it? So, um, how did I do it? I. It was. Um, it. It wasn't really a. Um, it was sort of very subconscious, really. I, I. I read the text and obviously laughed loads, and then pulled myself together, and um, and I just sort of. Uh, you just you just pick things up from the text and and really what what I what I kind of came to was this this really cheeky uh, very innocent very 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 endearing uh, sensitive little lad really and um, I wanted to get across um, a bit of his sort of cha- chaotic the chaotic world that he lives in as well and um, it was you know w- one of the things that was was quite um, conscious was doing his hair um when when I was younger my my brother had very sticking up hair and um me and my friend used to joke and and sort of say oh look it's it's his innocent bits and um so we, we and my brother was quite naughty when, when, he, when he was younger as well so we were like oh I think his, his innocent bits kind of let him let him get away with a lot of things really so I kind of I sort of borrowed that and um and added it in um and tried to get in tried to sort of echo when he changes into various animals tried to echo the zaps but from his in the shape of his hair if that makes any sense and also on his jumper as well and uh, and that um I, I hope that makes sense <laughs> i'm looking at the cover now and i can kind of see the jaggedy lightning zaps coming out of his head so i can That's see that, that you've um you've mentioned it yes yeah yeah the, one of one of the weird things for me was in, in seeing the illustrations was um how close to what i imagined they would be they were um <laughs> sarah i mean the the, the the image of charlie is 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 absolutely it's like um uh, a photograph of my son <laughs> And, and and my my son has even has this. We we were even trying to take a photo of him the other day with him holding up a copy of the book because his hair is exactly the same. <laughs> and also, uncannily, some of the other characters um are are abs- like they're based. I am not going to reveal who they're based on, but they are based on real people, and they look exactly like the real people as well. It was very um. That is uncanny, isn't it? Very odd. Very odd. Yeah. Very odd, yeah. I mean, you you, you know, um, illustrators are readers, and you get a fe- you just get a feel for the text, don't you? And um, and images come to your mind when you read it, and um, they were they were kind of there, really. I think I just pe- pulled it out of the text somehow. Um, mm. Well, it was obviously very well written into the text. That or Sarah has been snooping through your photo album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 you. 
Um, so if we just move on then to Charlie's older brother, Smooth Move. Now, yes. he is obviously one of the, not the factors, the causes of stress in Charlie's life. But Smooth Move is in hospital and has obviously been very ill. And Charlie is rightly very worried about his older brother. But mm-hmm. throughout the um, book, you don't actually tell the reader what he's in hospital for, what his specific illness was. Why did you decide to hold that back? And did you actually have a specific condition in your mind when you were writing? I did, yes. Um, And that sort of betrays sort of my own anxiety in that I almost didn't want to name it. Um, And... um, and then I felt I made it obvious enough for adults reading it. I made it obvious enough what was wrong with, with, with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I, then I thought, I just don't think there's a need to name it for, it, for children in a, in a children's book. I just didn't feel mm-hmm. the need to do it. No, no, I think you're right. I think, it, as you say, yeah. it is obvious from the story. To an adult, as a reader, I've kind of had my yeah. own thoughts on what the issue was but I think you're right in a children's mm-hmm. book I think the fact that he's in hospital and very ill is, is enough to yeah. put a worry in their minds and to have them understand why Charlie would be so concerned Absolutely. about it. yeah I think it was the right call as well Sam just to okay. not be too okay. not be too hard hard hitting yeah. um yeah I mean that, that was one of the most extraordinary images and it's so early on in the book mm. um the, the the image of uh smooth move in the um in the hospital when I first saw that I, I it, it sort of brought home to me it was like oh my goodness like I've written this <laughs> and to see the image I think it's an absolutely beautiful image um mm-hmm. really really powerful um and I don't recall having seen it in a in, in in a children's book, so I'm actually really um, mm. uh, I'm I'm really pleased with the job Sarah did with oh, that. Thank you. Thank you. No, I, was try, I was trying to get um get the light from the window to to kind of you know make it quite so sort of dramatic, but also light as well. You know. Yeah, exactly. Not too, exactly. Not, too not too heavy because obviously it's a hard it's a hard hitting. Um, image isn't it and uh, yeah I was trying to sort of play with light a bit and Mm. make it you know make it fairly bright uh picture really yeah because I think there is joy in that image as well actually you can see how close they are can't you exactly exactly Mm. definitely I think this is one of the beautiful things about funny books is that you the serious theme that affects a lot of people and families running through it but in a way that is appropriate for the reader mm-hmm. and is n- n- kind of less threatening because of the humour and the rest of the story around it. It's a really accessible way of just dropping it in, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's a it's a it's a fine, it's a fine balance. Uh, uh, you know, having to tread between uh, laying it on too heavy and laying it on too lightly. So I really I really thought very very long and hard about how to deal with it. Yeah, no, I think mm. it was really well handled and, and just enough for the, the target age group yeah. of the book as well. Mm. So. well. I agree, I agree, yeah. I think we found that balance. So moving on to slightly less um, serious issues and illustrations, <laughs> the animals that Charlie changes into. Now, obviously, this is the main theme, one of the main themes of the books. So he changes into these rather amazing creatures. And I was just wondering, were you led 
by funny situations he might find himself in first or did you consider what animals it would be funniest for him to change into what came first the animal or the the funny circumstance he got himself into oh well i think um it depends on the situation sometimes i'll end up in a situation and i and i you know it's like okay i need him to change into an animal now so what animal would be amusing Mm-hmm. Um, but on other occasions, there are, there are times where like, oh, I would I would particularly love him to change into this is this particular animal. Like he changes, I'll give something away. Um, in book two, he changes into a whale, and I knew I, I knew I wanted to do that. So it's <laughs> it's it's finding the situation to fit around that. So it's actually a bit of bit of six of one half a dozen of the other. Sometimes the story leads into the animal, and sometimes the animal leads the story. I bet that was a lot of fun, deciding. Yeah, oh, I just, it's an absolute joy. Getting to choose the animals he changes into is, uh, it's, it's great fun. It's great fun. Did you, do you have a favourite that you can tell us without giving too much away? Um, I, um, it, well, in, in book one, I think the most popular animal is is uh, the pigeons. People mm. really, really love the pigeons. Yeah. Um, I, I will reveal in, in book two, there is a, um, a goldfish scene, which is um, oh one, of my, one of my favourites. Honestly, Sam, I, 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 was, I, was, I was crying with laughter when I first read that. Um, <laughs> So you're in for an absolute treat when you get to book two. It's it's um it's it's another level. Well, <laughs> well I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I am looking forward to it. So um Sarah, your the books are absolutely packed with your brilliant illustrations. And before I tell you what one of my favourites was, I was wondering if you had any particular spreads that you enjoyed illustrating the most and why. Um it's it's really really tricky to nail it down to one. I mean, I, I um, my first thought with that question was um, uh, obviously the rhino with the the river of poo and doing yes. and drawing his bum um, <laughs> poking out of the window. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Um, and um, I had quite a lot of fun with the uh, with the text on that illustration as well because you've got the noise of the poo. And I thought, what can I do here? You know, I thought what would be funny would be to do do the font in kind of like a classical font with like serifs. <laughs> so it's quite it's quite a serious font, but you've got this river of poo coming down onto some uh, uh, onto was it Dad's head? I think it was yeah. Dad's head, wasn't it? Poor Dad. Um, yeah, and the other one was um, um, another of my favourites was obviously the pigeons. I thought were were fantastic but also the um the scene in the in the head teacher's office mrs fire's office with Mm -hmm. the with the orchids and um shaving (laughs) shaving the soft toy monkey i was like how you know i've I've drawn so many books and that was it was quite a challenge how to how to draw shaving a massive gorilla monkey thing um (laughs) and do it well (laughs) so um yeah those those are my three i think my top three really it's funny you've got you've gone for all the uh the crude and disgusting ones my (laughs) my my favorite of uh, my 
favourite page, I think, is it's the double spread w- near the end where it's the school play, and it's that it's sort of the whole scene of of of, of the school, and it's got Charlie on stage, and the lighting speech was just an absolutely wonderfully crafted image. It's just oh, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I, I took a whole day on that one. Um, Did you? Okay, I, great. I thought I'm gonna. I kind of. Did a sort of illustrator's run up to that one and just kind of planned it quite well. And uh, um, uh, so I took the whole day on that one. <laughs> wow. So um, did you two have much collaboration on what the illustrations would look like? Or Sarah, were you given a fairly free reign on how you imagined and created them? Um, we didn't really collaborate, did we, Sam? Um, yeah, I'd like to think you were given a free reign, um, and at any time you know that the, the images have come back, it's been a pretty joyful experience for me. And you know, out of sort of two hundred images, I might say, "Oh, can you sort of tweak three of them?" And that's about it, really. That's a good. That's a good hit rate for me. Yeah. yeah. So I've that's just, really I've just good. Got, fantastic. Yeah. I've just got so much trust in Sarah. Um, that is fine. Just go for it. Absolutely. No, it was good. I mean, um, it was. Um, I didn't. Um, I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't too restricted, really, by uh, by Puffin and their briefs and uh, and things. It was more. Um, they they send me the layout and everything, and it's kind of like a quick a quick sketch from Ben, the art director. Or you know, I think it'd be great to have have this here. You know, they they sort of give you a bit of guidance on what to focus on for that spread and then I just you know I read it again um and just go in from there really um yeah so yeah um quite quite a lot of free reign really they just give you a little pointer and say you know do do what you think really and uh, I mean the, the, the level of the level of collaboration has basically just been uh Sarah and I just going at each other oh you're great no you're great, no, you're great. <laughs> I mean, that's been the extent of it really <laughs> Um, I'd be I'd be reading reading the text and laughing my head off and then going right I'm gonna I'm gonna send a quick text to Sam and go this is brilliant you've gone another level here <laughs> yeah um, that was that was it really yeah yeah no, I have to say um, when I got to the rhino scene myself I was sitting on the sofa at home reading um, my book and my two sons who are nearly 10 and nearly six that's very important when you're little the nearlies and they yeah. were a program and it made me laugh out loud several times the rhino scene and each time they kept turning around and giving me <laughs> me this this look with a, a raised eyebrow and now actually my eldest son is reading it and he can see why uh, <laughs> to laugh out loud so bravo that really is you know toilet humor i think at its finest and most hilarious one, one, one of my one of my proudest moments when when my book was uh being sold was i had a meeting uh with one editor actually this was af- just after and he said to me he said to me ordinarily um, I always edit out any poo or fart jokes because they are ne- because they are never funny. And he said, but "With yours, yours were truly funny." And that that was that was a very proud moment. It was like, "Well, I've actually written funny poo and fart jokes." You have. I, mean, I read a lot of um, funny books, and a lot of them do have poo and fart jokes in, and they are very funny. But I think yours is possibly one of the few that's actually made me laugh out loud. Mm. Uh, reading it so mm. very well written yeah. poo jokes yeah right yeah right. there's a certain there's a certain tone that you have sam that 
I don't know. Some, <laughs> some, somehow, you, it, the tone that you've written it in, you, you, you can just get away with it. <laughs> wow. Well, no. get, getting away with it has been the story of my life, I think. <laughs> well, it's obviously working for you. Great. So, um, you've alluded to Charlie Part 2. Mm -hmm. which is very exciting. Can you tell us any more about it or when we can expect to see it? Anything apart from the whale appearing that you can give us a little hint about? I can't believe I already gave that away. I shouldn't have given that away. I know. I'm so, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm terrible for that. Um, So I don't know how much I can tell you, but it's coming out in August and um, it's called Charlie Turns Into a T-Rex. Awesome. And please do please tell me there is going to be T Rex poo in there somewhere. I cannot comment on that. <laughs> this is going to be brilliant. <laughs> Very exciting. And I'm um, Sarah. Have you got any other, dare I say it, non Charlie related projects? We don't want to talk about out? that. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, but you know. <laughs> no. Go for it. Maybe one. Um, what am I doing? I'm writing some non fiction at the moment. Um, with uh, with Bloomsbury, um, and uh, it's about um, inventions and animals and uh, how we take we how in 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 times past we've taken inspiration from the animal kingdom for inventions and things, and I've just found it really fascinating. So I'm wow, writing, really writing some some nonfiction at the moment, which is a totally That's new. Good. A new thing for me, really. Um, so it'll be sort of picture book form, non-fiction, um, full colour. Um, so it's a bit of an adventure at the moment. So yeah, is that for release um, this year, next year? Uh, next year, I think. Yeah, next year. Interesting. Yeah, but I guess you're also working on Charlie Two, are you? Charlie Two, just tidying up the last, the last few, few bits and pieces. I think for Charlie Two. Um, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. I think I've come to the end of my questions. Unless you have any other sneaky projects you want to mention quickly before we end, or well, I think let's just say we, I think we're going to be working on Charlie Three very soon. That oh, is good news. And will they all have fabulous um, sprayed edges? This one has very nice red edges to the pages. I have no idea what they're going to do for it. I, I mean, I think after book one, they need to step it up. I think we need uh, 3D, <laughs> 3D holograms on the, uh, on the front of book two and three. Yeah. Or maybe some like scratch and sniff panels. <laughs> well, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe not. Anyway, um, thank you very much for taking time out to chat to me. And I am very excited to read Charlie as a t-rex and as a whale i think they'll be very interesting and i'm sure that people who listen to the podcast will be looking out for that over the summer a good summer holiday read perhaps to take with you on a long journey let's hope um, so all right well thank yeah. you very much guys and thank thank you you enjoy the rest of your evening okay, okay. Bye-bye, now. bye-bye bye now thanks joe bye bye Well, I hope that interview has persuaded you to go out and borrow, beg, steal, buy a copy of Charlie Changes Into a Chicken. And the illustrations are, as you have heard, fantastically funny. And the story itself is brilliantly written. I can't wait to read the next instalments. Today we also have two more reviews by the super pupil librarians over at Stenning CV Primary School. 
We've got Tyler, who is reviewing Ask Oscar by Alan MacDonald and Sarah Horn, published by Egmont. And we also have Thomas, who is reviewing Edwin Spencer, Mission Impossible, by J.D. Irwin and published by Catnip. My name is Tyler and I'm a Year 6 pupil librarian at Stenning CLV Primary School. I'm reviewing Ask Oscar, written by Alan MacDonald and illustrated by Sarah Horn. It is an amusing and heartwarming story about a dog called Oscar and his owner Sam. If you didn't know, Oscar talks. The story is about how Sam tries to persuade his parents to let him keep Oscar. The idea of the poopomatic made me laugh. What a great invention. I loved the funny illustrations as they brought the story to life. And I thought the story had great characters. I would say this book would be enjoyed by children aged six and over. I would recommend this book 100%. Hello, my name is Thomas and I'm a year six people librarian at Stenning CLV Primary School. The book I am reviewing is Edwin Spencer, Mission Improbable by J.D. Irwin. Edwin is a boy who goes to a normal school who lives in a normal world. He has major problems focusing and gets bullied. Although one day, whilst at school, Edwin sees mysterious swirls of orange which turn out to be a vortex. Edwin, his teacher and a classmate, the pewter, get sucked into the vortex and get teleported to a medieval world. There he meets King Janus, who needs Edwin's help by pretending to be his heir. This story is a great adventure story, full of interesting tasks that help Edwin to act like a real prince. It is nothing like else like I have read before. I would recommend it to children aged 9 to 13 and would give it 4.5 stars out of 5. If you want to request some specific recommendations for a child that you know, or if you want some ideas of books to fit around themes or topics in school, please do get in touch. I love recommending books to people. You can get hold of me here on the podcast if you happen to have the Anchor app installed on your phone. Otherwise, you can find me on Facebook in the Library Girl and Book Boy Facebook group. Or you can find me on Instagram or Twitter as at Book Superhero 2. Or you can find me on my blog www.librarygirlandbookboy.wordpress.com Don't be shy, get in touch. Well, that's it for another week. Thank you for joining me. I hope you've heard something that you would like to rush out and buy and read and make sure you remember to download and subscribe so that you don't miss out on next week's episode which features the very funny Matt Brown and his newest book Mutant Zombies Cursed My School Trip. See you next time. Bye bye.